Hi, welcome to Two Hearts in a Pod. We are Mark and Joanne. We are two people with two perspectives and two hearts. But we have one message. Our message is that when you lead from the heart, the world is a better place. Welcome to Two Hearts in a Pod. Welcome, everyone, to the Two Hearts in a Pod podcast. Your hosts are here today. It's Mark O'Donnell, and I'm Joanne Maloro. Hey, hey. And we have two wonderful guests for you. Our topic today is all things travel, oh, everything about travel. Exactly. Our guests are Tom and Karen O'Donnell. They are pretty special people to us. They have been our travel partners several times at various locations and various methods of travel. Yes, Tommy is... Uh my son and Karen is his wife. So it's our son and daughter-in-law joining us today. We're really excited about that because uh, we've been traveling, yes, for a long time together. Karen and Tom have very interesting travel stories, and that's why we thought that they would be the perfect guests for today's episode. So I w- would ask you, Tom and Karen, if you guys want to introduce yourselves to our audience. Yes. Um, well, we're very happy to be here. Thank you for thinking of us. As soon as you said travel, we said we're there. (laughs) It's something that Tommy and I are traveling buddies, adventure buddies for over 20 years now. We've had the privilege and and blessed to be able to travel and have many adventures around the world. Yeah, that's great. Tommy, what about you? Yeah, I just love the adventure of it. I don't do much of the planning, but I like to do, you know, go on the adventures and, um, you like the adventures. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you got it. We make a good team. Together we have two boys, Thomas and Samuel, for joining our every adventures we've had. They've come along. Yeah. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about what inspires you to travel. Well, for me, it started back when I was a child. I always used to watch movies. I've always been quite curious. I was born and raised in El Salvador. So Hollywood has influenced a lot of those movies and iconic monuments that used to see of the U.S., like the Golden Gate Bridge and the Statue of Liberty. So I always, as a kid, used to wonder if those places were real. So I always wanted to see them and learn about them. That's where my spark started. And and at that time in the 80s, right, getting on an airplane wasn't that easy. Now it's more common to be able to just get on a flight and go anywhere pretty much so at that time they still used to give you the little chocolates and when you're a little kid they used to give you the little pin with the wings so all that it was intriguing to me and I just I wanted to see what was out there that's great how about you Tom what inspires you to travel I would say it's just like getting on a plane and going to a different world different environments I grew up with that we traveled a lot growing up and just being in different places. I don't know. I love how it's a change of pace, right? It gets out of your everyday routine and you find yourself in a different, a different world for as long as it might. a couple weeks, a couple days, a couple months sometimes. You both mentioned plane travel. I know for a fact that we've traveled with you on an epic road trip, sort of across the country, at least anyway, from Pennsylvania to Texas. And back in a, in a, big, <laughs> RV. In a big RV, right? And uh, with your family. So I'm curious to know. Obviously, you do travel by airplane when you do travel, especially far away locations. But you have two kids, and 
You travel with them. They, they're your travel buddies, too. So talk a little bit about what that's like traveling with kids and at different ages and different stages for them. Man, it started with Tommy. He might have been, what, a couple of years old when we flew to San Antonio. San Antonio. And it's just a matter of, well, of course, like Karen can give you the details, but <laughs> it was it was like pack light because we don't want to carry a bunch of stuff. Both Tommy and Samuel have been just really good at being content with whatever they had, you know, their little backpack and a stuffed animal or something like that. Did you give them responsibility for their own stuff? Like, did they have to carry their own little backpack? Yes. I guess to answer your question, they don't know any different because since very little, you know, they had their own little backpack and we used to say, all right, it's time to pack. And they would pack their stuffed animal. They each had um, Mario and Luigi because they are the Super O'Donnell brothers. (laughs) (laughs) And they had uh, their blanket, their favorite blanket and video game, right? Some type of video game. Yeah, device, device. iPad or Switch or whatever, you know, at the time, entertainment. Yeah. So for them, we would say we're going on a trip. They knew to pack their favorite little things and they had their own little backpack. Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. So when you think about traveling, you think about going on a vacation or adventure. So when you think about that, you know, do you think of it as an adventure or just a time to relax? Or what do you do like when you're thinking about going somewhere? Well, for me, it's always adventure. Mm-hmm. So I definitely do not think of relaxing, going to a resort and being served and all that stuff. Although I'm sure that could be good for a lot of people. I definitely don't think of that as my... You're not going to lay in the hammock and have somebody bring you a drink, you know? Uh, <laughs> that that's why Tommy and Samuel are around. You know? <laughs> it happens after we've hiked the mountain. <laughs> They're older now. They can mix drinks. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I would say like going into like, where do you want to go? It's usually inspired by something... Uh, that would be cool to do, mm-hmm. or whether it's hiking or biking or whatever. We see something and we say, oh, it would be cool to do that. Cross-country trips, RVs, boats, or planes, or whatever the format. Do you have a list already, like a bucket list? Or you just you see something on TV, you see something, and you say, hey, let's go there. How do you decide where to go? For us, I would say Tommy and I make a a good team and we each have like, I guess on set, we just take on our roles. I usually doing a lot of research. I like history. So I often see something that triggered some curiosity and start doing a lot of research about it. And I say to Tommy, hey, Tommy, look at this. And wouldn't it be cool to do? And it's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That's usually what starts. Also, friends. So my best friend is from Peru. You think of Peru and you think of Machu Picchu and one of the wonders of the world. So I had done research about that. And they said, we're going to visit family. You guys want to come? And of course, we said we're game. And that sparked that trip. Yeah. So sometimes it's people that we know, Mexico also, some parts of Mexico we visited because of friends. Sometimes business has has a part to do with it. 
those sound like some of those like Peru's a that's a big trip for a lot of people, especially in the United States. Do you start to plan like a year in advance? Is this something that comes up rather quickly for you generally? What's your timeline for planning? Generally is quite fast. A couple <laughs> months sometimes, you know, like the Peru trip, for example, my friend said we're gonna go in the summer, right? When the kids are off school. So we had I would say a good six months to prepare for that one. There was a lot of research to be done because we went to Lima, the capital city. And then a lot of times people think of Peru and just automatically Machu Picchu, but it's the altitude. Getting to Machu Picchu is not easy. So it takes a lot of planning, especially with little kids. Samuel was only seven and Thomas was 11. So the altitude, I, I began to do a lot of research about it because it was Samuel who got sick. Samuel and I had it the worst and you do get nauseous, headaches. So if you don't know about the symptoms, it can be quite scary, you know, because you don't know what's happening, understanding and how to deal with them. So for that trip, there was, I would say on my part, a lot of preparation for it. But then there's other trips that do happen rather quickly. When you plan your, your trips, you plan out all the things you're going to do in detail, like have an itinerary, or you just wing it, or is it a combination of both? I know it doesn't sound like you wing the whole thing, so it's, is it a combination of both, or you just everything's planned out? No, it's definitely a combination. So, like, we went to Ireland, and we said, all right, we'll get a plane, tickets, and the first night, mm-hmm. wherever. And that was the extent of our plan. Oh, and we got a rental car. Yeah, and we kind of so, map, mapped it out. So from there, it was like, yeah, where do you want to go next? Just kind of travel around the, the country, see, see what we want to see. Whatever happens, happens. We didn't have it all planned out. And for us, what we've learned, one of the things that we've learned, and it's become a saying, is it's all part of the adventure. So if you happen to miss a flight, if your luggage gets lost or you miss the train, whatever it may be, you have to, if you do adventure travel, you have to allow for flexibility. Because otherwise, at the beginning, I say when we were rookies, <laughs> you do try to plan for everything, but you can't. So then that kind of can ruin your trip if you go with that type of mentality. So it all depends what kind of traveling you want to do. That's right. Well, I guess you realize that you don't have control of everything. So <laughs> there's certain things you got to just trust, trust others to, to make it happen for you and stuff like that. So I, I totally agree with that. When you're planning for your trip, from a cost standpoint, do you like figure out all the details, estimate what it's going to cost and say, okay, we got the money, let's go? Or do you like say, hey, let's just go and we'll figure out how to pay for it later? <laughs> we kind of just like... <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of a little bit of both. I don't know. I look at it as one thing at a time. I'll get the flight and I spend a couple days monitoring, right? Looking at the different one way versus round trip versus leaving from this airport or driving from here to there and parking, you know, I'll do some quick cost analysis and then just go for it. Well, we use points too. So I guess you learn as you go because we use points or we have points either for hotels. I guess the biggest 
expense that we focus a lot on to try to save money, it would be the transportation and hotel stays. We can kind of control that, right? And then we like to experience a lot of the culture. So we do splurge, I would say, on the food and the plate, certain experiences. I would say that. I don't ever remember actually setting a budget and saying no. we have X number of dollars for this trip. I don't think we've ever yeah. done that. Because you're, you're more abundant mindset than you are. I'd say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, has, it has changed, though. Of course, we're talking about we've been married well, 20 yeah. years, traveling together 21 years. But at the beginning, for our conscious listeners out there, it didn't start out that way. At the beginning, we couldn't afford a, a flight. So what we did was we knew we could afford the full tank of gas and we didn't have a specific budget, but we knew our limits. So that's how we traveled. That's how we knew we used to live in Pennsylvania. So we traveled the whole Northeast all the way up to Portland, Maine with the kids, right? That's what we could afford at that time. Were you driving? Yeah. Driving, yeah. Driving. Yeah, for sure. I think our t- our place in life, the time in our lives has a lot to do with our financial availability for travel too. If you have that luxury of not thinking about points and not thinking about, am I going on a business, a business trip where my company might be reimbursing or covering the cost for this? And then I can tag on an extra day and I may only have to pay for one person's airfare instead of two or only one person out of four, that definitely can make a huge difference. I think a lot of people these days are actually very cost conscious about how they're traveling. So all those little tips and tricks that really helps add up. Yeah. I remember when, uh, you know, Tommy was young and uh, we used to do a lot of camping. We used to do a lot more camping because of the costs associated with it. It added the adventure of Big in the in the woods, you know, right? Going on hikes, fun uh, for kids, having for sure. a campfire, and and just experiencing the outdoors was always fun as well. Yeah, that doesn't cost much, and it all depends what the definition of vacation for some people, right? Is it just getting out of your routine? For us, it started out exploring our backyard, so we would go. I like history, so we always wanted. We go to um, Philadelphia, right? One of the most historic cities and learned a lot about that. And that was an hour and a half away from well, us at the time. Jim Thorpe with yes. like a half hour or whatever it is. I think for so many people, there's so much in your own backyard. And it's crazy. Sometimes I think that that's the f- most overlooked place. I grew up in New Jersey my whole life and never went to the Statue of Liberty until I had children myself. And that's crazy. It was there all those years, you know, and I had never been. So so I think that's a great place to start for a lot of people is just look around you. And I, I agree with you, Karen. I think sometimes it's just that learning something new and being in a different place. I mean, we're seeing such a big popularity rise in places where you can exchange. You can exchange your home for somebody else. I forget the actual title for that. And especially coming out of lockdown of uh, during the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, that's we saw a huge increase in people camping because being out, you know, you didn't want to be with other people indoors. You couldn't. But being outdoors where there's fresh air and so camping and RVing, like there's that whole RV culture that's come up um, in a big way and become very popular. And we're seeing I think it was always there, but it wasn't as publicized, I guess, as much. We didn't see it as much. Maybe it's because we didn't always have TikTok and Instagram in the same way that we do now. But we're learning a lot more about that way of travel and that lifestyle. 
Well, I mean, you know, geez, one time it was just like this thought came into my head, like, hey, let's just sell the house, get an RV and just travel. And a lot of people do that. Yeah. 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 A I lot know. of retirees do that, actually. I know. Well, interesting you say, like with the social media, the different movements, I think many people have always been doing it. It's just it wasn't as well known because of now social media, you can get on any platform and see there is a whole movement of van lifers, which I follow a lot. I often tell Tommy, we've already crossed the U.S. in an RV. I would love to see, you know, just the RV limited us of where we could go unless you're pulling a car behind you, right? Or you stayed at a place and rented a car, but in a van, you have more different places to visit. That's right. I always like that aspect of it, just traveling from town to town. Um, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I always loved traveling through the local communities and stopping and meeting local people, tasting the local food, and even even if it's just in, in the United States, but also, of course, when I would travel to Europe or anywhere there, uh, just doing the same thing, you know, just getting to know more of the local people and the customs and the culture and everything. It's always more exciting for me to do stuff like that. Do you guys like to do the same thing or do you like spend time more in the bigger cities or do you like the local cultures? I think we're mainly in the local environments, um, small towns. Yeah, of course, we end up doing the touristy things when you go to the to bigger cities to experience that too. But yeah, I would say we primarily like the small town environments. I feel like you get to learn more about the people that are there. Do you have any examples of funny stories that have happened during your travels? Or maybe things that you didn't expect <laughs> that happened? Yes, uh, Hawaii. We went to Hawaii in 2014, I believe. So our youngest, Samuel, he was four and Thomas was eight. It's such a long flight, right? So I had done research. They always tell you drink a lot of water, get up, get the circulation, blood flow going, move your feet to exercise, right? We flew what, to, I think, California, and then we went from California yeah. to there. So it was like 11, 11 or 12 hours flight. Got there midday or so, sometime in the afternoon, and we checked in the hotel and rested a bit, and then we said, let's go to the beach to see the sunset. And we're walking on the beach, and Thomas started complaining, like, I feel like his knees or his knees, and... I looked at him, I looked at it, it's like, oh, I guess it's okay. At first I thought maybe a crab or something had snipped his toes or something. But then we watched the sunset, started walking back, and he's like, mommy, my legs, my legs. And I looked, and his legs were turning like a bluish, and it became very scary quickly. And Tommy ran to get water. I started massaging and stretching his legs. And I called his pediatrician. It was scary. It was that night I did not sleep. I was on guard watching him. And I guess the flight is what the pediatrician told me, you know, make sure he drinks a lot of fluids. And it must have been the flight. But um, that was very scary. I read, I prepare a lot, and that helps. But yeah, that was something I'll never forget. And I always tell people on long flights, doesn't matter what age, because you often hear about, 
embolisms, like blood clots in your legs for us adults. But he was eight at the time and it was just fluid intake and and Mm -hmm. the long flight. That's frightening. That's not funny. That's scary. I'm sure you'll never forget that. I will say uh, he's very adventurous. Like he says yes Mm -hmm. to anything. He has no idea what he's getting himself into. (laughs) So when we went to Peru, he went paragliding and he's just like, he had no idea he's getting all harnessed up and everything. (laughs) Yeah. He had no idea what to expect. Parasailing. Uh And they just, of course, hook him up and the boat takes off. And then he goes, flying and but you know it's Tommy he just he's like I'm gonna die (laughs) he has no idea what what in the world he's getting himself into but yeah he loved it of course afterwards but he says yes to to just anything first yeah Um, and in Peru it was Samuel so okay so then Samuel we're back in Lima and they have paragliding because we've done imagine so Thomas and Samuel both done parasailing, paragliding, and it's quite windy. And there I'm seeing it. I've done all this stuff myself, but I don't worry so much about me. But then as a mom point of view, Samuel tends to be more quiet. And he was like seven, I think. And he wanted to go paragliding, but it was so windy. And I'm like, I didn't want him to do it. And he quietly was crying and I felt bad. But I'm thinking he's so little, right? And then we saw all this paraglides taking off, landing. Mm-hmm. And there was this little girl that was like the same size as him. And I talked to one of the, because they don't go by themselves. They go tandem. And the guy said, we send the little kids that weigh less with a heavier instructor. So Samuel's like, yeah, I want to go. I want to go. And he went and was quite happy. Oh, yeah. He loved it. <laughs> Yeah, we have some good video because they have they do GoPro and everything of the whole flight and uh, a big smile on his face the whole time. So tell me, what is your next trip? Where do you want to go next? Well, we just got back from two years being abroad in El Salvador, right? So we're a bit settling back in here in Texas. And we're with you guys. We were planning on going to explore the... Northwest, as we haven't seen Oregon and Washington. Oregon, well, Olympic Peninsula, Washington. Olympic Peninsula, and yeah. uh, Mount Hood and mm-hmm. Port Mount St. Helen, mm-hmm. the tree houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember I always wanted to go horseback riding on the beach, and uh, we did. I did. We were able to do it for the first time when Tommy was uh, younger as well in Oregon, there by Astoria. Kind of like one of those things on my bucket list we were able to do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of fun to do that Do that stuff. So we're looking forward to doing that trip to Oregon. Besides that, what's next after that? Well, we got to do Finland. We always talked about the Christmas. Christmas uh, in Finland. That's in right. Finland, right. Seeing the northern lights, more bucket list things. Yep. Yep. Yes, yes, and yes. Like yes. the igloo type. Camping, I guess. Camping. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, I I want to one day live in the southern, southern Spain and cross the stretch Gibraltar to Morocco and Turkey and... Yeah, a lot of places to, to still see. Yeah. Um, Tons of them. Um, sure. World. We can't wait to talk about our next adventures and 
Yeah, for sure. So for people who um, maybe don't have the same appetite or the same sense of adventure and going so far and wide, do you have recommendations for people? Like, do you have good travel advice for people that, well, it could be for anybody going anywhere, but even those who want to stay closer to home? So if it's more of an adventure thing and not so much a budget thing, then like Dad, you were saying earlier about the camping, I just feel like you can see a lot of like rail trails, for example. There's so much history tied to railways and long bike. There, a lot of them are converted to bike trails and everything. And there's camping along there. So I always feel like those are good local adventures, especially in the Northeast. There's a ton of the mm-hmm. the trails there. Actually, you'd be surprised. There's great rail to trails in in a lot of different places in the country, in the middle of the country, in the southeast as well. I'm not as familiar with the Northwest, but I'm sure that there are those situations as well. Karen, that was a great reminder. I forgot to mention even that Tommy has been on two pretty epic bike ride RV adventures as a fundraiser for a school in Chicago where you were doing some riding yourself and also the support person for those who were riding bicycles. So every mile was a donation, right? Toward school in Chicago. Yeah, that was a, that was a real big adventure. 30 days, two summers in a row of riding from Astoria, Oregon to, we called it Portland to Portland, Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine. That was across the, I'll call it the northern part of the U.S. primarily. We went um, through Oregon and Washington and Idaho and on our bikes. And, man, talk about a good way to really see those small towns across the country. I always remember Checkerboard. Checkerboard, Montana. The name of the town was Checkerboard. And it was like this old, like, gold mine little town you know it's the type of place where you go in the saloon doors and everybody's <laughs> sitting at the bar turns and looks like, sort of like yeah. everybody knows their name type yeah. of place <laughs> man yeah those were some fun fun adventures for sure you rode with this guy he's really really great guy his name is renee Bohr, right yeah man those guys although older, were really in and still are into biking. And mm-hmm. so that was an example of no planning. These guys spent a lifetime biking, road bike, and said, one day we're going to ride our bikes across the country. It kind of came about where they said that. Renee said, I'd love to go across the country. And it was like, what's stopping you? Well, I need a support team, and I need an RV, and I need this, that, and the other thing. So I was like, okay, well, I think we can take care of a handful of those things. I'll go with you. I didn't prepare for that at all. Biking 3,000 miles, because I'm more of a mountain bike type person, not long, long road bikes. Mm -hmm. So that was a good experience. And how you can, I mean, sure, planning, it might have made it smoother, for me personally, but what you're capable of doing, right? I wouldn't let the fact that I didn't spend years training for a ride like that to say, ah, I don't think I'm ready. So I just did it. I do feel like you guys are throwing out some real pearls here of wisdom. I just want to call attention to that one, that question that you said, what's stopping you? So for anybody that's listening that has an idea or a dream of someplace that they want to go or something that they want to see, I would ask, what's stopping you? And then 
work to see what you can do to, you know, get that out of the way so that you can go where you want to go. Hey, make your dream, make it, make it a reality. Right? Yeah. Make the other gem that you tossed out so casually that I just want to hang on to and circle it is um, pack light. Make sure that you can carry your stuff because you don't want to be dragging bags all around and you can just get places faster, more easily. Yeah. If, if you don't have big suitcases to yeah. follow you. Yeah. Tommy taught me how to pack light lately, you know? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, the other important thing that I would add for anyone listening is define what, what that travel adventure is for you or vacation, whatever your definition is, because then your expectations for that is different. There's, you know, relax and relaxation. Is that what you're looking for? Why are you trying to get out of it? And then if it's travel adventure, and then another big thing, have a good travel buddy. It has to be compatible. Like Tommy and I make such a good team without even designating who does what, which is, it just falls into place. And you have to be able to like support each other. And I do a lot of the planning and research, Mm -hmm. but I don't ever book the flight tickets. Because that is one factor that stops me. You know, am I willing to make the commitment and spend and book that ticket while Tommy has no problem doing that? So he takes care of booking the tickets. And once the tickets are booked, there's nothing stopping me. Now I have to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we're coming to the end here, but we're going to do this again because I think it's fun. And I think, you know, I think next time we want to share a little bit more of a more wisdom as far as, uh, what you can do when you're uh, travel and adventurous and doing all that stuff. Cause you guys even started a company called crazy adventures at one point in time, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk more about that on another episode. Sounds good. Well, thank you both so much for being our guest today on two hearts in a pod. We really appreciate your time and all of, like I said, the pearls of travel wisdom that you've shared with us. Yeah. Thank you. More travel to come. More yes. To come. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah. Hey, one more thing. If you have ideas for future guests or future episodes, if you want to leave us your comments or your feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at twohearts.io. That's T-W-O-H-E-A-R-T-S dot I-O. Hopefully you liked what you heard and you'll refer us to your friends. Subscribe, rate, and review. We look forward to seeing you in a future pod.